Hi there, I'm Maria Delzot from Inspired Eating. I'm a registered dietitian that specializes in intuitive eating and I have a health at every size approach. A lot of people don't know what to expect during a consult with me, so I wanted to share with you a conversation that I had with Amber. Amber was very gracious to give me permission to share her story. I think many of you who have struggled with your relationship with food will be able to relate and come away inspired to start trusting your own body again. So I took a lot of time looking through your information forum and um, a lot of the times when people first fill it out, they are like, man, that's a pretty, pretty raw assessment form for not having met each other because <laughs> uh -huh. it really is, it's not what you typically see when you're, when you're filling out forms for a healthcare practitioner because you're usually filling in your height and your weight mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe some things that you've tried before, but really forcing you to reflect on what is important to you and what your intentions are and most importantly what your values are I, I think is so important to start there because I find that so often there's a disconnect because people are they lose track of their values because they've been so immersed in diet culture for so long that unbeknownst to them they're no longer living in alignment with what they value most in life or what they, how they want to live their life. And so before even starting a consult, it's almost an exercise before we even uh, speak formally. And so before I ask a couple follow-up questions, what did you think when you filled this out or did it prompt any thoughts or feelings for you? Or is there something that you want to add to what you told me? Absolutely. So when I first saw the form, I read the first comment question you asked and I went, okay, that looks standard. And then I continued to scroll through and I became not overwhelmed, but overwhelmed in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, she's mm -hmm. asking some serious questions here. And mm -hmm. I actually had to take a break from it because it oh. was asking questions that, like you said, you usually don't answer like what's your weight what's your height what are your goals this was more in tune like you trying to get into my brain and so I had to kind of put it away for a couple days and just reflect mm. on those answers for myself because I didn't even know the answers right. kind of going into some of the questions like yes. what are your core values I'm like I don't know off the top of my head what my mm. core values are and I knew family was always first and that was one of my sure. core values, but right. everything after that, I was like, well, I don't know. Right. And it, it was never a reflection about your questions being focused around what's your weight desire or anything like that, which was so relieving. I got to mm -hmm. say that was mm -hmm. a refreshing mm -hmm. and um, this form made me feel vulnerable and raw. And I think there are some points that I was kind of like, I really don't know how to answer this question truthfully mm -hmm. at this time, mm -hmm. but we're going to mm -hmm. grow together Absolutely. and we're going to figure this out together Absolutely. so that we can be healthier. And I, I have to laugh because I was like, John, look at this form she's having me fill out with her <laughs> husband. And he's like, this is a great form. She's just trying to get into your head and, you know, answer different questions in different ways. I'm like, oh, oh, I can totally fill this out now. <laughs> <laughs> John, great John. And it's funny because I'm I'm not trying to get into your head. Of course I'm trying to learn who exactly. you are and what you're talking but I, but I want 
you to get in your head. And it, it, it totally did that. <laughs> well, great. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. And, and, and that a lot of the things that we talk about, it's, it does feel uncomfortable. It does feel mm. uneasy. And, and I often liken it to running an ultra or mm. just running in general where we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable sometimes because Absolutely. so often we want to avoid that feeling of being uncomfortable. And I think people do that oftentimes by seeing a dietitian or somebody for, for help with food. And it's like, just tell me what to do. Yes. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's a lot harder to be like, wait a minute, I don't know the answers. I'm not the expert of you. And so, and so it puts a lot of, um, um, not independence, but, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to, to be current, I felt like it was like hashtag adulting moment in my life. Mm, <laughs> like kind of stepping yeah. up to play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I have a couple follow-up questions, if that's okay, to yes. dive a little uh, even deeper. And I would love to learn, Amber, a bit more about how you said that you've stopped weighing and measuring your food. Um, mm -hmm. At the time you wrote this form, you said about a week ago, mm -hmm. and you said it was ultimately something that was really scary, but it proved to be more beneficial than you ever dreamed it would be. Mm -hmm. And and this is a two-part question, so mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go slow. And I first want to know, what prompted you to stop weighing and measuring your food. I know you've taken, you know, this isn't the start of your journey. You've been on this for, this journey to being a more intuitive eater and more confident eater for a while now. But what what was what was it that prompted you to stop weighing and measuring your food? I think I got overwhelmed and just honestly tired of mm. always needing that control in my life like mm -hmm. that was starting to become an unhealthy control mm -hmm. and I could just foresee this cloud that was always upon me like okay I need mm -hmm. to measure half a cup of my oatmeal I need to measure two tablespoons of this and mm -hmm. it was just becoming so um, frustrating especially yes. when it came to you feel like you're doing the work you feel like you're doing the the workouts for extra credit and then it's like you step on the scale whatever day you want to step on the scale if you so desire so and you don't see the fruits of your labor in that one unit of measurement and you're just beaten down by that so a part of me wanted to just start relying on my intuition do I need a little more oatmeal that day sure it looks great do I not want as much bread today? Sure, why not? I don't feel as hungry today. I just wanted to start realigning what I used to do as a kid, which was like, mm. do I want a sandwich? It sounds lovely. Let's have a sandwich. Right. And it ends there, right? Yes. <laughs> it's done. It's done yes. until the next meal. What do exactly. I want? That sounds good. I'll eat it and then I'm done. Right. And, and I'd almost argue, because you said that it started to be an unhealthy control, I would mm -hmm. almost argue that there was never, there was never any form of control there. The, the food, the, the rules that you were engaging in had control over you. Oh, that's great. I would agree with that. Yes. And I think that what happens is, is with diet culture, and you've heard me talk about my disdain for diet culture for, for a while now, and 
ultimately what diet culture teaches us is that we can't trust ourselves, mm-hmm. that you are unable for whatever reason you're down the road. Cause we weren't born this way. As you just said, you're, you can't trust yourself. You can't make decisions that are best for you. So you need to be told who, what, when, where, how you should be eating. Exactly. And, if, and if we've engaged in that in so long and, and you've said that some diets that you've tried in the past have been Weight Watchers, Beachbody, tracking apps, and Whole30, all of these diets are rules. And these yeah. are arbitrary rules at that to make you feel like there is some semblance of control, but these rules are controlling you. And as you could attest to, that's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. exhausting following the rules. It's exhausting to to measure. I mean, think of think of a moment, Amber, of all of all the time that you've spent measuring and weighing, like adding all that up. And what if you spent had that time spent for something that added joy to your life and added to your life rather than taking away? It's pretty mind blowing. It really is. It it almost makes me um um, not sad, but just kind of like, I missed out on so many Mm. things sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I had not been as um, restricted sometimes. Like it's it's okay to enjoy your food and it's nutrients for your body. That's all it is. And yeah, some foods are more nutrient dense than others, but our body is amazing. It's going Mm. to figure itself out. And absolutely. This, this healing process is, um, it's so gratifying in its mm-hmm. own unique way. And mm-hmm. it, it is also challenging because it's like you still second guess yourself mm-hmm. on the silliest little things that mm-hmm. this society has ingrained in us. Like, oh, I can't have this cookie because I'm going to get fat. And that's exactly what I think sometimes. I'm like, no, Amber, stop it. Don't, don't think like that. Like, if you really want a cookie enjoy a little bit of a cookie. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Your body will figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite uh, dietitians who is a a mentor of mine, I looked up to immensely. Her name is Christy Harrison. She refers to diet culture as the life thief. And Mm -hmm. I think that describes perfectly what, what you were explaining, how you, you know, you felt robbed of experiences because so much time is taken away from you. That is so great. The Life Thief. Yes. Mm-hmm. Christy Harrison. She has a book, um, which I recommend to everybody. And it's actually a good segue into the last thing that you mentioned about fear of getting fat for eating a cookie where the the automatic thought goes to that. The beginning of her book, again, that's called Anti-Diet. She actually talks about the history of fat phobia and why we live in such a fat phobic society and where this diet culture kind of brought about its thin ideal, this arbitrary thin ideal that we're we're all in quotes, I'm using that striving to, to look like. And so if you're interested in learning, you know, where, where did these ideas even come from? Like who, who decided them? It's a really great place to learn a bit more about the history. 
Oh, I like history stuff. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So you'll have to let me know if, if you get your hands on a copy of that, because it's definitely um, worth your time and, and investment really, because it's honestly, it's something that I go back to a lot. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely check that out. Um, and so talking about, you know, worrying about getting in a bigger body and, 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 and I don't, and oftentimes when people say the word fat, it does bring apart, uh, bring about an uncomfortable feeling. Mm. Um, and, and I use fat as a descriptor that a fat is body size. Um, it's means nothing more than that, but that word has got to be so stigmatized and so much meaning. And so I think something, again, this is something that's uncomfortable, but I think something that would be important for you to do is to examine your own inner fat phobia because at the root of what your um, concern is, which is, is that you want to look in the mirror and see the person that you feel like on the inside, there's this ingrained fat phobia or fat stigma that is flexing its muscle, so to speak, that when you see yourself, you're seeing yourself with the eyes of diet culture and not with the way that you see yourself. I love that. That's going to be something I'm going to need to work on, but I love the idea of dismissing that idea of, okay, removing the diet culture. How do I feel? Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It is hard. It will be hard, but it'll be so worth it. And it's like, and I often liken it to, you know, it's this muscle that you've been building up for years, maybe decades. And so that muscle is so always so strong. Mm -hmm. Like every time you look in the mirror, there's an automatic negative thought. Oh, why, why aren't my, you know, why don't my arms look like they would want to look? Why does my stomach look like this? Why don't my legs look like I want that? That muscle has been built up for years. Mm. And so instead of taking that for truth or believing, I'm just being like, well, why, why aren't my body parts strong? Like why? So what that they look like this, that doesn't mean that I'm not fit. That doesn't mean that I'm not healthy. And it's the, it's, and you've even, you've acknowledged it in this, in your intake form that, you know, society has made us think that we are supposed to look a certain way or be a certain way, but really challenging that. And it's uncomfortable and it's hard and it's, and it's thinking, if I have this thought about myself, how do I view people who are in bigger bodies than myself? You are in big mm -hmm. bodies. How, how am I treating them? How do I, that I am stigmatizing them. And if you are speaking about this to yourself or even about yourself to others, and if that other person has a bigger body than you, it's making them feel bad about themselves and so on and so forth. And so any comment that you say outwardly or inwardly, it has a ripple effect. You stole the words right from my mouth. Ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so even just having that awareness of, wait a minute, what am I really saying? I thought I was just, 
you know, being mean to myself. <laughs> but right, right? I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just, you know, being mean to myself. I, you know, which is not good. <laughs> it's no, not recommended. The defensive part of me was like, oh my gosh, I don't say that to other people, just me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But but you are saying in an indirect way. Because True. if you feel that way about yourself and you look at somebody else, there's almost this feeling of um, like when people are, are on diets, oftentimes the mentality is, is because they are doing something that is deemed difficult, there's almost like an air of superiority. And I'm not reflecting that on you or saying that you experience that. But, you know, people like to talk about, oh, I'm not eating this today or I'm not eating that today. And, you know, look how strong I am. Look how my willpower is. And, and it's, it all feeds together into this, how can I be, how can I be, it, it starts out with, with a very innocent, oh, I want to look and feel better, but it grows to something much deeper and much more hurtful that has such a deeper impact on not only you, but those around you. Yes, it does. And I can see how you would um, phrase it that way, because it's like, um, it's like when one person says something, it's like the telephone game, then that person is going to have that seed implanted. And then maybe they will think about doing something like that. Maybe not right away, maybe not the, tomorrow, but it's just already planted. And yeah, there's times where I'm like, what if I did this? And I'm like, uh, Amber, hello, that's not even healthy. Like, why would you do that? Duh. Mm -hmm. So it's just incredible how word of mouth of even just oh, I'm not going to eat this today. And you tell your friend and it's just like, stop mm, talking mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want to do is do any harm to anybody and mm -hmm. do any harm, especially to myself. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, why it's, it's so important to watch what we say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, we're going to get back to that kind of, uh, we're going to revisit this. I have another follow-up question that mm -hmm. I would like to um, ask you, and it is: you mentioned that you're you are no longer using My Fitness Pal for tracking calories or nutrients in a certain food group, but you are still using it. And I'm curious, what what is the benefit of using My Fitness Pal to you now? For me now, currently, it's just to ensure that I'm getting in enough calories or mm -hmm. just make sure that I'm, hmm. I think for me, it's just to make sure I'm getting enough calories in. I don't deprive myself of calories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. do the exact opposite. But no, I'm going to stop I, you. That's <laughs> an automatic negative thought. Thank right? you. That's that an automatic is. negative thought. And I'm going to stop and cut you off every time because we're going to bring an awareness to this. So you just we're going to replace it with something positive. So say something positive that you've been doing for yourself. Uh, I've been tracking in a positive way, my food intake just by listening to my body. Okay. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out. That's Absolutely. really important. Absolutely. I got to say that kind of made me blush. Oh. <laughs> like Maria hey, is calling me out. <laughs> I love That's it. That's what I do. <laughs> um, but I think the main goal is just to see how I feel at 
this amount of caloric intake. And I've noticed the more I'm adding, the better I feel versus mm -hmm. their guidelines on what they think I should be eating, which is just not healthy for me. So mm -hmm. I don't know how long I'm going to use it. Mm -hmm. I may drop it one day, but it's just another stepping stone I think that I'm taking for myself right now. Gotcha. Understood. And I think, and this really caught my attention because, and I like that you said it's a stepping stone and you're not sure how long you'll continue doing that. And what I see in the future and whether we continue working together or not, or you doing it on your own, your use of a, of a tracker, even though you're using it for different reasons, it's still an example of how you don't trust yourself, how you're not trusting yourself to eat enough, even though you're not using it for deprivation purposes, but you're not trusting yourself to check in and say, okay, without looking at any numbers and saying, what do I need right now in this moment on this day? And it's a hard step to let go of that. It's like somebody's still holding your hand, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that is something that I envision that if we meet again in the future or if you want to continue on this conversation together is, is letting go of that piece because that just tells me that there's some major um, um, reinforcements that are missing that are causing you not to make to trust yourself to decide if you've had enough and it might be certain cues it might be it just might be something that we haven't even discovered yet and so I think that would be a very huge piece for you and and talk about freedom right because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're still there's still that tracking there and that's still time being taken away from you Gosh, that's just, my mind is blown right now because I never thought of that. And it just, um, it makes me so, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, when your mind is blown so much that you're kind of speechless and it, the light <laughs> mm -hmm. bulb literally, literally turns mm -hmm. on above your head. That's mm -hmm. exactly how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, I never thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is, and usually the initial consults, it's a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of introspection. It's a lot of thinking, oh man, I haven't thought of it this way. I haven't, like, it's a lot of those moments and it can be overwhelming. And, and I always tell people, if you get off the call with me and you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like reach out for follow-up, like, because it's a lot to, it's a lot to, no pun intended, to digest. It's a lot to take in at one time, especially if, if this is is work that you're you're new to or haven't been exposed to and so again to be um, kind of stripped raw right off the bat it can be uh, very emotional and so um, letting yourself feel that and don't don't feel like you're alone in your feelings I, I guess is my point Amber that um, people feel just uh, it's just so often they're you're being exposed to something that you haven't thought of before because it's so contrary to the society that we live in. The paradigm has shifted so dramatically. We don't know what to think about it yet. Yet. I like that word, yet. Mm -hmm. right. But yes, emotional was the word I was going for. So thank you for saying that. But yes, Absolutely. that's exactly how I feel, not even 
half an hour into this yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it a good emotional like right. whoa mm-hmm. and like whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I'm ready to do the work because I don't want to live my life like this right. my entire life. Right. Right. Always feeling like I'm depending on something. Right. Absolutely. Because you are in charge. And I can't stress that enough. Notice I didn't say you're in control because there's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that we're not in control of, especially right now amidst a global pandemic, right? (laughs) We are, we are in control of very, very little. And, and I find that often people are, are right now they're turning to food because it, it comes off as something that there's the perception of control there. But again, it turns out that it often flips and food turns to have control over us, but we are in charge with how we react. And, and again, these, this may sound overwhelming and it's like, Oh my goodness, where do I start? Or in it. And we take it step by step. And, and this doesn't have to be something that you have to get right tomorrow. This is not something that, you check off your to-do list as a goal. This is a value of yours, Amber. Your, your, this is, you said rest days are a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. And I, and I wrote in my notes that also eating is a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so I challenge you to start thinking about your eating and your relationship with food as self-care. Will do. That's- and by, that's amazing. No, that, no, mm-hmm. that's, it, mm-hmm. that's an epiphany moment right okay. there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and to change it, not into a goal, like my goal is to eat healthy. This is a value of yours. And the difference is a goal. You check it off your list, right? I've crossed the finish line. That race is over. Goal achieved. I took out the garbage done. If a value of yours is to be honest you don't tell the truth one day and or don't lie one day and be like okay i'm done right you work right. on <laughs> you work on honesty all all day all the time it's something that's always available to you sometimes we screw up sometimes we screw up bad <laughs> sometimes we do we are honest and it's you know it's something that we nurture and that we cultivate it's, it's ongoing and so by looking at your eating as a form of self care it takes off that, that restriction of, I got to get this right. I've got to, it, it takes off the parameters of, okay, from June to July, I'm going to make sure that I eat according to my hunger cues. I mean, that's a diet. That's putting rules around how you should be eating. Mm, very true. Very true. Yes. Sorry, it's just enlightening right now. Yeah, no, don't apologize. No, it can take a moment. Yeah, and I, I, like, I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I like your food puns, by the way. Digesting oh, it. Yes, you can you. bring those all day, every day. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, noted. I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, even just those little tiny tweaks of mm-hmm. thinking that eating is a form of self-care, not restricting yourself on even just saying, I'm going to listen to my hunger cues. I mean, it, I would never have thought of that as mm-hmm. a a form of diet culture mm-hmm. telling me when and when not to eat. Right. And again, it's linking, it's 
that's why I do a values driven approach because if you can always go like always turn back to your values whenever you find yourself in a pickle or I don't know what to do or oh, I have these conflicting whispers in my ear and I don't know what to turn to go to my values what are my values and that list of values that you made it can be changed it can change especially after this conversation I have people that um, they couldn't even make their list and, and it's been six months now and they turn back to their values list over and over and over again. It is a grounding. That's, I mean, they're our guiding light. That's why we live by values. And so whenever you feel stuck or caught or get in that mentality that has been flexed for so long, your values can help you get out of that. And when you look at eating as a value, it helps put it in perspective so much. Gosh, that's so true. I love that. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any, any thoughts before we move on to um, a shift a direction a little bit? Any other reflections or anything you want to add to that, Amber? Um, as you've been talking, I've just been kind of reflecting about my life and how long I have been in that diet culture. And I know I wrote down that I've been doing some type of diet since 2003. And that's pretty much ever since I mm -hmm. did the, um, my cosmetology degree back in 2003. So I was mm -hmm. surrounded a lot mm -hmm. by that got to mm -hmm. be thin fit hairstyles sure. kind of thing. But uh, I reflect on my life before that and it was, simpler in terms mm. of how I view food. I never viewed food as anything other than food. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. And it, like you said earlier, it was a form of self-care, but I didn't treat it as something that was on a pedestal. Like, mm. can I have pizza today? Can mm -hmm. I have these cookies? And mm -hmm. it's just something that I aspire to be doing mm -hmm. again and talking with you about this is beyond helpful so mm -hmm. i really appreciate it oh absolutely amber i mean it means everything to hear that and and the good the exciting thing is that you can get back there you you know yes. what it feels like you were there yeah absolutely and what's really cool is um uh I had really great parents growing up and oh my goodness, the tears are starting to come. Hey, that's um, okay. That's they, okay. They never pressured me on mm -hmm. anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I know it's there too. And I'm on your team to help you again, <laughs> whether we, whether we, I don't want you to feel pressure at all, whether we continue on or not, I'm here to help support you in, in this and look at all the work that you've done already. That's what's amazing, right? You've Absolutely. already gotten yourself out of the kind of the curtain. You've gotten yourself out from under the veil of diet culture. Slowly. And, yes. And now every so, day. Yeah. yeah. And so you basically I think of it as you you bought your toolbox and now we just need to fill it with tools. And that's how I see it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm ready to fill <laughs> okay. my toolbox. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> like some people don't even know they have they need a toolbox <laughs> and that's that's what's really challenging right I got my girl toolbox it's all good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but some people are like no I'm I'm I, I nothing's everything's fine you know nothing needs to be fixed I'm fine and then when they you know, when something does happen in my metaphors is <laughs> growing, but I'm using, <laughs> I guess I'm using as when diets fail and you need to patch whatever was broken, the tools aren't there to kind of put the pieces back together. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So true. And this is something that I've been trying to figure out for a long time. And John can even attest to this. Mm -hmm. It's like, when I started my last uh, diet culture mm -hmm. and um, diet, mm -hmm. let me, uh, I uh, lost a whole bunch of weight really quick. So proud of myself. And then I don't know what happened, but it slowly started to increase. And I think what you and I can work on together is not why it happened. If we need to dive into that, I don't know why it happened, but just focusing on like, it's okay to accept the body I am now because that is so challenging for me right now. And I, I'm so tired of feeling defeated about my, my appearance mm -hmm. and not having that correlate with how I feel on the inside, which I know is what you and I have talked about mm -hmm. uh, on the form. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And, and I'll tell you why it happened. Please. Diets don't work. Oh, well, that's a simple answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Notice yeah. I said when diet, when the diet fails, it's not, yes. it's not if, it's when. I mean, yes, there's a very small, small, small research says it's 5% of people that diets work out for them. Mm. But for the majority of people, they not only gain back the weight that they lost, but even more so. And it uh, perpetuates a negative relationship with food. And I forget what the percentage is, but a predominant amount of people who are on diets progress to full-blown eating disorders. And so it's very counter, you know, we start diets to be healthier, but in the end, it really makes us more unhealthy. And it's, uh, it's not a, a catch-22, but it's, it's just so counter to what, to what our intentions were. And and I and and I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Amber. That's okay. Because in your form, <laughs> and I know you can. That's why I'm going to say it. <laughs> in, in your form, you said, "I I tried, I tried." Um, okay. The question is, which of these things worked well for you? Meaning the the diets that you have tried before. And you said all of these worked well in the beginning, mm -hmm. but ultimately I found them too restriction, too mm -hmm. restrictive, and not able to sustain long term. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I'd argue that, did they work? Good question. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the, the sample answer is no, mm -hmm. it didn't work. I mm -hmm. mean, like you said, there was that short time frame when it did work. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because when I'm looking back at everything that I have done, yeah, it may have worked for X amount of months, maybe a year or so, but then ultimately maybe I got to my goal and then I was excited to think that I could just eat whatever I wanted again, or um, I lost a whole bunch of weight mm -hmm. and then I continued doing it, but then slowly something shifted and it 
proved to not work because it was too restrictive and I mm -hmm. got tired of not being able to eat yeah. and my hair would fall out. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so, and what part of that is healthy? Nothing. And nothing. I, nothing. I miss my hair. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and nothing was learned at that time. I'd argue that no. it didn't work at all because the end goal is to be healthier. You're mm. saying it worked because you were losing weight. Well, that wasn't making you healthier. No. So I'm arguing that it didn't work at all. It was making you preoccupied with food. It was making you learn to not trust yourself or to question your needs and your wants. And you you weren't honoring yourself. And in turn, you because of the um, restriction, you were not only seeing mental um, declines, but also a, an actual physical decline of, yes. of proof that your body wasn't getting what it needed. And so I'm going to challenge and say that not one part of that was good. I agree. I do. And looking back on it, I can totally see how it, it wasn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because there was a moment in my life a couple years ago, which stemmed quite a few months that all I thought about was food. Oh, mm -hmm. I got a meal prep for this because I have to eat every two to three hours because that's what I'm being told what to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how unhealthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just think of how it just is taking away from other things. And, and, you know, yeah, it robbed me of joy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so, and I think a big, a big thing to work on is your definition of healthy. Mm. It's your definition of healthy, because the food that you eat isn't what defines healthy, your body size does not define healthy and this ties back to weight stigma and how you perceive fat people because mm -hmm. you are equating weight with health and that couldn't be further from the truth i have some work to do mm -hmm. but that's okay it's an exciting yes. thing it is an exciting thing i am i'm so overjoyed <laughs> i really am <laughs> oh, i am too i am too <laughs> i feel like we barely scratched the surface i'm not done yet now <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a little gardener just getting my little seeds ready. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that visual. Oh my goodness. Um, so one thing that, that I want to bring up, and this is again, something that has to do with the way that you feel about your body. And it could be just, again, a muscle that you've flexed for so long, like that automatic negative thought of being self-deprecating, right? Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, about body checking or self objectification. And so this is if how often, Amber, would you say that you look in the mirror? Uh, pretty much every time I go to the bathroom because there's a mirror there. Okay. So, yeah, you, whether it's in passing or not, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a mirror around where you work out? No. Okay. That was one of my questions. Okay, that's good. I was, I was, I was like, hmm, should I tell her to get rid of the mirror? <laughs> that's being a little <laughs> baby steps, Maria. Baby steps. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't have a mirror where I work out. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. And the reason I bring that up is that so often that we, without even knowing it or not, like 
I think it's, I mean, even myself, just being a human every time, like something that comes to my mind is when, when, when we were allowed in stores, remember back in the day when we could go like shoe shopping? What was that like? I know. <laughs> well, if you can think back and remember, <laughs> you know how they have like mirrors on the end of the aisles so that you can oh, see yes. with the shoe, right? And I just, you know, how many times do you look over and body check, right? <laughs> Turn over and look. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And think of how we're judging ourselves every time we look in the mirror. That's every single time we look in the mirror. And so this is something to bring to your awareness, Amber, as you're going through this, as you're catching yourself with those automatic negative thoughts and turning it into something positive. What do you, if every time you look in a mirror, whether it's intentional or not, and you're um, you know, observing something through the eye of diet culture. I mean, that adds up and we can sometimes take what we think for truth and it's not. And so a challenge for you would be to just be aware of how often do you glimpse your, you know, as you're walking, as you're running or walking by a car and you see a reflection in the, in the mirror or in the rearview mirror in the car, adding those times up in a day and even thinking, you know, how many times did I self-objectify today? How many times, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of great research about the effects of um, even taking selfies. Like I always wonder how many times did this person take the selfie until that it was, you know, deemed approved to put out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I made a rule for mm-hmm. myself about selfies. What's that, Amber? One and done. One and done. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like you were just saying, it's so easy to get trapped into the, oh, my chin wasn't at the right level. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a double chin there. No. I don't, mm-hmm. I, no. Yeah. But yeah. That one took some time for me as well. So I'm just like, it's okay to allow yourself to be who you are in your selfie. Absolutely. And, 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 Yes, 100%. And it's who are you comparing yourself to is the Ooh, thing. Oh, I like that. Yes. And again, this gets uncomfortable, but thinking, do you have a body positive social media feed, Amber? If you're comparing yourself to people in your social media feed that are all one body size, all one, like, because, and I'm going to, I'm going to, put us in a running bubble for a bit because mm. that's what it is sometimes you know mm-hmm. we can get in this bubble and we can think everyone looks this way everyone eats this way you have to run this much and it's very um constricting and it's very oh my goodness if i'm not doing it this way i must be doing it wrong or i must not be a runner and even going through your social media feed and and saying is this a body positive social media feed do i have bodies of all shapes and sizes and if the answer is no it's time to to get out your gardening gloves and start weeding I love that. let's go with that 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 metaphor let's start weeding out the people that are making you feel that when you look in the mirror that that is making you feel less powerful or less strong or not fit or whatever because your body doesn't dictate if you're strong or fit, not in the slightest. There's so much more to you that creates a, a strong female athlete. 
And so whoever's telling you that it comes down to your body and what you eat, get rid of them. Like out, get rid of them or mute them if you want to keep supporting them. Or if they're a friend of yours and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, mute their posts. I can't tell you how many times I do this, Amber. I monitor my mental health. And if I'm feeling particularly low about myself because, hey, we're all human, right? Hmm. I say, okay, I can't take this person right now. I can't take this person. And if I'm, if I might disclose, to be honest, there's somebody out there right now who is um, a, uh, in a small body, who is a runner, who is a a well-known runner, and they are uh, refraining from eating sugar. And their, their diet was very restrictive to begin with. And so they are putting out their, um, I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating blah, 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 like the, like the very restrictive list. And it was very, very upsetting to me. I couldn't see it anymore because I kept wanting to, I kept wanting to fight back and I knew that wasn't going to get me anywhere. Um, and it was just affecting my mental health. So I muted it and maybe I'll bring it back, but right now I'm not ready to. Um, but it just makes me sad that these messengers are being put out there. Um, it, they aren't a better person because of it. They, again, it doesn't, there's no air of superiority because you're doing something that's hard. I'd argue to say that, you know, you're an idiot for cutting that out. I don't want to do that. <laughs> my life would be miserable. I'd be, you know, I'd <laughs> I be, know. Yes. I'd be I like so unhappy. Yeah. Yes. I'd be so unhappy. If you told me, if you told me that I had to cut out all sugar to be healthy, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you I know? Mean, yeah. What about fruit? I never understood that part. Are we counting fruit as sugar? Yes, I don't know. No, fruit is fruit. No, and, and that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> oh, I know. We, I, can't, yes. we can't get started on that <laughs> today. That's another day. That's another yeah. day. That's, well, yes. I'm going off on my tangent. Let's, but let me reel it in a bit. Uh, but, but creating that social media feed and, and saying, wait a minute, there, there are so many awesome body positive or just body neutral. And that's where I w- would want you to get, Amber. Not necessarily body positive because here's the thing you do not have to love your body to respect it, right? We don't have to be cheering and being like, my body's amazing. I have the best body ever, but it can be neutral. I have a body that is taking me through this world. I have a body that is able, that is strong, that is healthy, and I want to take care of this body. And so going back to that value of self-care, and reframing it in in those terms so it can be body neutral and i've never even thought of that mm -hmm. so i love that yeah so thinking you know do i have a, a big range of people because think about dogs right there's all different shapes of dogs there's big dogs and little dogs the big dogs aren't trying to be small dogs they're just big dogs and they're little dogs and everyone gets along just fine there's no dog that's better than the other there's not one shape or size, right? We, we love all dogs, right? Maybe not the mean ones, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and people are the same way. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I just also want to interject that I Please. love that you briefly talked about yourself in a light where you also experience emotions. Mm-hmm. And it just it just helps me and I hope anybody else that thinks that 
registered dietitians or nutritionists, anybody in the healthcare field always has it figured out, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because like you said, you're all human. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's that stigma like, well, she's a registered dietitian. Of course she knows how to eat properly, which is not true. Mm-hmm. You're human. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Of course. And I, I am an open book to you, Amber, anything that I can share because, you know, and, and I'm even like, nobody has it figured out. And and the thing about it is though, is I'm not trying to figure it out. I am not on the pursuit of perfection because I know that doesn't exist. That's so accurate. And oftentimes we're striving in order to be healthy. I have to eat perfectly. I had one client the other day said food is make or break. I got to do this. I mean, those stakes are so high. And in the world that we live in, when there is so much uncertainty and so much that's out of our control, if you're, if you deem perfection, the only way to be healthy, you are never going to get there. And I know that's a stark realization and that can be very, it can sound very, just negative Nancy, but the sooner you can let go of that idea of perfection, my hope is that it can bring you so much peace. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know it's attainable, which is something that's giving me hope right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I just (sighs) calm down about what I perceive about myself mm-hmm. because that's not doing me it's only doing me harm mm-hmm. it really is mm-hmm. and it's so funny because I will totally be like John do I look blah 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 and he's like mm-hmm. beautiful and I'm like that's what you say all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. but he's but he's yeah. right I mean mm-hmm. he never looks at me at any weight it's Mm-hmm. That's how I should look at myself. Absolutely. I mean, Amber, yeah. you should get you should get mad at diet culture, at the life thief for stealing that time away from you. When you question yourself, when you look in the mirror or you need that that uh, feedback, like you should be like you should tonight you should be like, John, how how do I look? And then you should be like, wait a minute, I know how I look. I look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. (laughs) He'll be like, what? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Did I just throw you off your rocker? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, as we start to wrap up here, are there any, I know we've covered a lot. And as I said, if we get off here and you're just like, oh my gosh, I, just reflected on this, or I had this idea, or I would like a little more clarification, um, please reach out. Um, As I said there, you know, with these initial calls, I never want you to feel any pressure to continue on. Um, But please know that that I have options available to you and that I'm always here to work with you through these steps. Because like I said, it's really it's really exciting from down from, you know, learning to like, what are the first steps to trusting myself, right? What do I need to do to, to get rid of this piece that is still hanging on so tightly in the, um, using the, the tracker and how do I, you know, honor my hunger in a way that's also satisfying without, you know, these rules. Cause I, 
one thing that I, I ask people to do that has been a very, uh, what I found to be a very insightful for the um, person is to actually make a list of rules. What are the rules that you follow and really challenging them and, and, um, and that's something that we get to uh, after uh, working for quite a little while, you know, we don't dive right into that because that, that's you know, challenging, right? We need to develop an understanding of our thoughts. And right now I feel like where you need to focus your time is really understanding who has taught you to think this way about yourself. Like who told you that the way your body looks is not in alignment with how you feel? Like, why is that truth to you? questioning that, getting mad about it, who's feeding you this information and challenging it. I love that. I love that a little assignment for myself. Mm -hmm. And I am going to question myself about that and yes. digest it and see where it takes me. And the body checking, you know, it might be yes. more than you think. It might be in like the microwave, you know, it just mm. things you might not think of. It could be the reflection on the computer screen. And, um, mm. and that's, and now that we've ta talked about it and I've, I spent some time explaining it, that is a big reason I don't like to do video consults with my clients. I don't okay. want them to have to be staring at themselves the whole time. I mean, I was joking about the spinach in your teeth, but I don't <laughs> want, you know, I don't want them to be like, oh man, I just, cause you're not in the moment. You're thinking, right. oh, I just oh, why'd I wear that? Or what? You know? And so it's a distraction. And so how many times a day, um, it basically it's disrupting your flow state. How many times mm -hmm. a day have you been focused on something or just really into an idea or thought, and then you're walking along and you see your reflection and that flow state is interrupted mm -hmm. because you saw a reflection of yourself and didn't like what you see, or it was interrupted with an automatic negative thought. So I guess my one question Please. before we close up is mm -hmm. when you hear yourself, oh, let me rephrase that. When you see yourself mm -hmm. in the mirror, you hear yourself saying something negative. Would you just try to flip the switch quickly and say something positive about yourself? I would first ask why, why am I thinking that? Why okay. do I have that thought? Is okay. it true? Uh, basically challenging with logic. Challenging is with this logic. true? Is this true? Like what am what I'm thinking about myself? Well, you know, is, does my, if I don't like the way my stomach looks, does that make me weak? Well, no, I just did this kick-ass workout this morning. So no, that's not true. Actually, I'm really strong. My, my, you know, stomach holds me up. I have a strong core because I can walk upright. I am an able-bodied woman, right? I love that. And that's what I'm going to do. So mm -hmm. I'm going to challenge myself every time that I see my whatever awesome. I don't enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Amber. And, um, and, and so for every session, consecutive session, what I, what I hope to leave you with, it is a challenge and I don't, uh, you can call it homework or whatever. Um, I don't know what sits better for people. Often people don't want to be told what to do. And so <laughs> I, so I always want to say, I challenge you to, uh, to do something because it's working on, on, you know, we have, it's, it's not a passive, uh, uh, progression, right? It's active. We have to be aware of these things. We have to, it's just like working out and it. Some days are hard. Some days are easier. Some days we feel great. Some days we feel like a piece of shit and that's all part of it, right? <laughs> that's all yes. part of it. That is yes. all part of it. Absolutely. Um, 
One thing I do recommend that is I find to be very helpful, again, not a requirement, but something, a useful tool for your toolbox is to get a journal or some type of either on paper or on the computer, some way to collect your thoughts because it will blow your mind, your thoughts now versus three, six a year down the road. The thoughts that you're thinking now, the to compared to the progress that you're going to make in your thinking, in your feelings, in your reactions. It's really neat to see. So I've never been a journaler. So okay. mm -hmm. what, what do you recommend starting with? Um, I would start, if you're not like good pen and paper, just not good with words, or you just don't like doing that kind of thing, I would say, for example, if you're working on your, um, your self-talk, if you have a moment and it's just like on your desk or somewhere easy, just scribble it down, write down. This is what I thought. You don't have to number, you don't have to number it. You don't have to put a date on it. Just, this is what I thought. This was my calendar. And it will be really interesting to see how many times a day did I write this down? And, and if it gets to be a chore or something that is um, a pain in the ass, don't do it. Don't do mm -hmm. it because gotcha. then it's not useful to you. But mm -hmm. what, I, what I'm curious to find is that once you start, if you'll see the benefits of doing it. Gotcha. I see where you're going. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ooh, but we'll see. Okay. But yeah. there's no pressure there. There's no right. pressure. If it, if it works, great. If it doesn't, no problem. I like that idea. But I like the idea of doing something where it catches you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. And you can, like I said, you can go back and be like, oh my gosh, I thought that about myself. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I was so mean. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. Mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, are there any other questions that you have for me today? Not today because we covered so much mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. just... I thank you so much from the bottom oh, of my heart just Amber, getting me started. So you're so welcome. I mean, I did not expect, I didn't know what to expect, mm -hmm. but I also did not expect to feel so emotional mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. halfway through. And sure. I know that we dove into a lot mm -hmm. right away, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. I look forward to continue working with awesome. you and feeling mm -hmm. inside of me so mm -hmm. that I can feel appreciative about who I am. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, and thank you for um, trusting me for being for, you know, because it's not easy to talk about this stuff. And so the, the honor is all mine. It really oh. is. It really is. So I'm um, absolutely, I'm going to put the video back on so I can say bye to you to your face. Oh, okay. You can even see my cat. How about oh, that? Okay. <laughs> can I start it? Oh, there I am. Oh, see, look at my hair from around. <laughs> That's okay. Wait, I'm how do supporting, I go? I'm supporting COVID top knot. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like this. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so this is Pliskin. Say hi, Mr. Pliskin. Oh, hello. He's one of three. Oh, that's yeah. fun. We don't have kids either, so. Yeah. Well, I feel I feel very thankful that I don't have kids during this time. I can't imagine. I can you imagine trying to teach Common Core math? Oh my goodness, no! But my sister homeschools. She, they're all Bless back. her heart. I know she has five kids and she homeschools. I know. Good for her. I know. I know. Seriously. I'm gonna pause the recording. I know. Yeah. I couldn't do it. That was an initial consult with a first-time client. 
What did you think? Was it what you expected? A huge thank you to Amber for being so open and vulnerable and inspiring. If you're interested in speaking with me about your own relationship with food, you can schedule a free discovery call by going to my website, mariadelzotrd.com. Thank you for listening, and if I can be a support to you, please don't hesitate to reach out.